end we are recording in progress recording with the one and only mr brandon weikert who's written winning space i cannot for the life of me remember the iran book shadow war stealth war shadow, shadow war shadow mm-hmm. war shadow and war. then yep. i just poked at it i tried to memorize it I didn't have it biohack china's race to control life which is coming out that's spring. right i did i got like i got two out of three whatever um yeah no you're good you're you, good sir. And, and actually, uh, the Shadow War was supposed to come out in October, but we got hit by Hurricane Ian. And so we delayed the book launch because I was dealing with my home, uh, which we're still dealing with. But uh, so it's coming out March 28th, um, which is nice time because Biohack comes out May 16th. So it's going to be kind of this back to back. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. Get that back to back revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 little inside baseball. They say they say after your third, you start getting nice, uh, you know, uh, income passive. You know, coming in. So, yeah, passive income. Well, That's hey, the word. We're, yeah. we're in no shortage of uh, disasters and geopolitical <laughs> yeah. geopolitical clusterfucks. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Most of them created by our government. That's most. how it goes, right? <laughs> and with that, let's dive into that. And for future sure. listeners, because that it is pertinent today, is Sunday, February nineteenth, six or five p.m. Eastern time, twenty twenty three. We're to begin with the the incursions of the balloon, although even that now it seems forever ago as, uh, yeah. you know, last year and even in 2021, we had the uh, the eerie number of food processing plant fires. But I yeah. think even now people whose head has been in the sand are starting to look around and going, what are the chances of all of these train derailments? Right. Is this and not that you have a crystal ball? Is this foreign sabotage? Is this domestic terrorism? Yeah. Do, it could be the infrastructure kind of odd that it would all happen immediately yeah. back to back like this, which is yeah. why I think that's kind of ruled out. What, what do you think it is? Well, the first thing is, I think we should acknowledge that America's infrastructure sucks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we can acknowledge that, you know, some of it might be bad infrastructure, but I do think you're right. The, the convenience of the timing uh, is just it's a little too convenient. And you look at what's being targeted. Go back to 2021. You mentioned Colonial Pipeline. OK, we know for a fact that was the Russians. Uh, the Russians were that was actually part of a longer running uh, offensive that they were doing in cyber, where basically they were uh, probing uh, our cyber defenses of critical what they would think were soft targets of critical infrastructure. They did this with solar winds at the end of the Trump administration, and they continued doing that through multiple other systems, including Colonial Pipeline. And that basically deprived, I think, what was it, the most of the Southeast uh, the United States of access to oil for about a few days or a week. Uh, and basically this, the oil price went up. It was chaos. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a proof of concept. I was arguing at the time, a proof of concept for what the Russians would do if an actual conflict broke out with the United States. Now, the Russians have been pretty reserved from what I understand from people, friends of mine who do NSA work, who are working in the cyber community, that the Russians have actually been pretty reserved uh, compared to what we thought they were going to be doing once it was obvious that we were helping Ukraine in their war against Russia. Um, But now that the war has shifted, now that Putin has moved from a special military operation into an official war, he's mobilized like 98% or 97% of his forces going into Ukraine. He's going for broke there. And clearly the Americans are not going to stop, which I think is a mistake. They're not going to stop escalating against Russia. So 
you look at that, the, the, the most likely culprit, in my opinion, if this is sabotage, would be the Russians for good reason in their mind. I mean, you know, we're supporting their enemy. We're killing their troops. Um, you know, again, not that I'm supporting Russia's war in Ukraine, but uh, if you're a Russian leader and American intelligence is being used to directly target uh, Russian troops and even Russian targets inside of Russia, uh, or if you look at the supply chains going into Ukraine that we're giving all these weapons, uh, you know, the tanks now supposedly, the the Russians and then possibly even Cy Hirsch's reporting, which I think is probably accurate on this one, unfortunately, uh, that we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline to keep Germany on side supporting the war, um, that the Russians are looking at it going, hey, Americans, you went first. You you went after critical infrastructure first, so now the game's afoot, and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And so I would not be surprised if this is some kind of a sabotage operation. Of course, we can't rule out other actors, terrorists, either you know Islamist or domestic. Uh, we can't rule out uh, you know uh, criminal activity. We can't rule out even you know some of the, the the crazier theories, which aren't that crazy anymore when you look at what's gone on which is that elements of our own government or society are spiking the prices to try to hem in the American, uh, you know, middle-class, you know, anti-globalist voter. Uh, They're punishing us for putting in the dreaded orange man and possibly returning him to power. All of these things are a factor. And all of these things I think are a possibility. I think the, the safest assumption, if it's sabotage, is likely Russia, given what's going on. But we can't rule out, especially because our government's never going to be honest with us. Uh, you know, we can't rule out that there's something going on here. And it's far too coincidental for it to just be an accident. Uh, and so, you know, that that and you look at what's going on, look at the ramifications of what we've seen. Um, the prices of, of basic goods are going up again. Um, you know, it's harder and harder for American middle class to survive and thrive. Uh, three years ago, four years ago, my life, and I'm considered, you know, probably upper middle class, middle class, um, somewhere between there, my wife and I combined income are somewhere between there. Um, we were doing a heck of a lot better financially than we were when we are today. Um, and that's with us now owning a home. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot more difficult to, to get by. I mean, you go, go to your local Walmart, like I just did today. Um, the groceries are getting more expensive. And they're getting fewer, you know, less is, is costing more. That's not how it's supposed to be. So something has gone askew and we should be asking as citizens why. And you look at East Palestine, Ohio, and you, you really have to ask, you know, what the heck was the government doing burning that, that chemical, you know, that it spills onto the track and to supposedly clean it up faster. The the government comes up with this cockamamie idea of let's, let's burn this stuff and create, you know, burning vinyl, uh, which is the most toxic uh, substance? Yeah, it's 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 literally a, a chemical weapon that we used in World War One. Its use is a war crime. <laughs> yes, yes, and yet and yet they told the people in Palestine, East Palestine, go back home within seventy two hours. It's safe now. Of course, that's changing, and I think that people like Tucker Carlson, whatever you think about him, he's been one of the guys on the forefront of this story. He had that woman who threw the thing in the creek in her backyard and it was like this rainbow effect. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, this is a, my, my friend 
Helen Roy, who I went to IWP with, and she writes for the American Mind, and she's she's a real big, um, I guess, a trad femme or whatever. She's part of that movement to traditional feminists. But she has said on Twitter, and I have tweeted her, retweeted this, this is America's Chernobyl. You know, this is the and and our country does not look good in the world. And so we have to ask ourselves, is this total incompetence or is there something more? And either answer is pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I am right now. And, you know, some people are saying, you know, this is Biden, Biden bad. Other people saying, oh, this is orange man, regardless of what it is, just if not not talking to you, Brandon, but just in general. The list, if we can just put down left, okay, whatever. What the fuck is going on? Is this right. an act of war from a foreign nation? Do, do mm-hmm. we need to mobilize? Do we need to, do you got to batten down the hatches? Do you, whatever you need? Or is this, is this terrorist sabotage? White supremacist Antifa, pick whatever you want. Pick from your mm-hmm. vocab box, whatever. You can choose whatever. Right. You can do the, uh, the Mad Libs, fill in whoever you want. Is this just failing infrastructure? In which case, hey, all right, dag on my face. Maybe we do need Biden's nine trillion, whatever the hell. Right. Okay. You know, point taken. Or is this the very open group of billionaires that meet every year and say things like, you need to stop eating meat and we need to move people into cities? Right. They're, right. they're, they're telling you. And it's not me right. and Brandon, you know, getting shit faced on my right. back porch saying we need less meat eaters. Right. It's the richest people on the planet right. telling right. you this. It's not fun to think about. The implications are terrifying, but that it's gets terrifying. you nowhere. All right. So right. Right. what is going on? And right. much like Chernobyl, it's now I just saw before we started this that there started to be this weird acidic, almost rubbery rain found in Canada, much like Chernobyl. It is now right. The jet stream doesn't care right. about your sovereign state. Well, and it's also going to go into the water basin. And so that that's another thing that people are ignoring is that that area of Ohio, that's a feeder for the that whole the part great, of the Midwest. One of the greatest water yeah. basins in the U.S. That's right. That's right. And it has been totally contaminated. And we're going to be dealing with this for decades because it doesn't go away. I don't know if you saw about a week ago, four days ago, I posted a Substack article from a disaster cleanup specialist who he specialized in this kind of chemical spill for 30 years of his career. And he got, it's a very long Substack, but he got into the science of just what it's going to do to the water basin alone. Forget about you know acid rain and whatnot, what it's going to do to the drinking water and to potable water sources throughout that region, not just Ohio, going as far south possibly as Northern Kentucky. Uh, I mean, this is this is really, really disastrous. And we're going to be dealing with this going into probably the 2080s, 2090s. Uh, so this really is America's Chernobyl, whether it was intentional or not. Um, th- and, and, and you look at the way that the Soviets responded to Chernobyl, you know, it's almost identical to how Cut our government out. is. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, not great, not terrible to me. You know, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's not like great, we're living that right yeah. now. Yeah, 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 you know. 3.6 uh, parts it, per million vinyl chloride. Not right, great, not terrible. Right, right. And it turns out, you know, as it turns out that I believe the equipment they were using to measure the 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 level of contamination, just like at Chernobyl, the level of contamination was so great that the equipment simply couldn't measure all of it. That's how bad it is in East Palestine. 
And so when they were telling people it's safe to come home, it's simply because their equipment was it was so toxic. Their equipment, yeah, it's exactly what it is. And you know, it's scary, and that that's who we're relying on. And by the way, real quick, you know, I, I don't think we've spoken since before Hurricane Ian hit my home. I was in the eye of the storm. And my town is still decimated. I mean, we, you go around here, it's it's a disaster zone. Um, and I was telling Bill Walton on his podcast, because he interviewed me about a week after we finally got infrastructure back. We were without infrastructure for 12 days. And I had National Guard heavily armed at every intersection because it got bad with looting and whatnot. And, you know, he was we were talking and I said, I have lived through what happens when infrastructure collapses and by day three society's pretty much gone and it's it's pretty much americans can't handle it the only guys who were handling it well around here if they weren't in uniform were people who were previously military okay we have a lot of veterans down here and so those guys with their big pickups and you know they had they were out and they were you know but they were rocking it and this was nothing to them but the rest of us who weren't you know military who were civilian you know, I mean, for me, it wasn't that bad, but but for my neighbors, especially the elderly people, the young, my young kids, it was very difficult to adapt to a life without power, without water, without electricity. Now, imagine you throw in a situation like in East Palestine where they're very poor, they're living below the poverty line, and they're now without, uh, they now have this contamination on top of not being able to access water um, freely very scary situation it's it's i mean we are not prepared this should be the biggest wake-up call the last few years have been the biggest wake-up call about supply chains about infrastructure and we're not prepared we're not responding and i think that's the critical thing here set aside the culprits set aside what might have caused it the fact is we have done nothing as a society to address these very obvious problems this is what michelle Walker refers to as a gray rhino event we knew these problems were going to manifest, whether naturally or by sabotage. We could have taken steps. When I worked in government, we were ta- I was trying to get them to, to fund basic disaster relief protocols and contingency planning, and they wouldn't do it. Um, you know, this is this is where we are now because of neglect. Regardless of whether somebody pushed us over the edge or just this is just sort of the breakdown of the system, we are here because we chose to be here. Decline is always a choice. Mm. Yeah, no, that is decline as a choice. And um, what realistically can be done? I mean, if if this is an act of war, I, I, I was just talking to some special forces guys right before this. You know, if it's an act of war, why aren't they coming out and saying this is Russia? Because wouldn't that go along with the whole narrative that Russia's bad? The alternative could be, because the backlash could be, we'll stop funding Ukraine if they're reaching out and touching us. I don't think it's that absurd. I mean, I'm not, I'm not at all opposed to the idea that this is some, that this is. I mean, they're telling you what they want to do in Davos. That this is not a tinfoil hat, but right. just you know, trying to stay true to Occam's razor and not see what I want to see. The most rational thing is that this is Russia and this is not supporting them. This is clearly not supporting what they are allegedly right. doing. If we're going to run right. with this thought experiment, right? Why is that not being addressed? So it just, it either, the longer you go without an answer, the conspiracies just start right. to, to pile up. Well, I think your your special forces friends are probably correct. I think it partly has to do with the fact that we prefer shadow boxing with these countries. Yeah. And to me, I understand with Iran, and this is what my book's about, 
Uh, I get shadow boxing with Iran. I get even shadow boxing to a degree with China. But with Russia, it, it's now crossed the line. And I and the thing is, our our leaders, I think, are only realizing after the fact that we've really crossed the line with Russia. Wherein six, eight months ago, people like me, and then it turns out the Russian leadership, and it turns out Zelensky himself, were trying to push for a peace deal after Kiev was successfully defended. And it was this nut job foreign minister, Kuleba, who's part of the Azov wing in Ukraine, calling in Boris Johnson to put pressure on Zelensky. Don't you dare give up. You go all the way. You're taking Crimea back. You're taking eastern Ukraine back. That changed the dynamic. Zelensky's a Russian speaker. Zelensky understands Russia. He understands Putin. This is something most people don't know about Zelensky, is that Zelensky campaigned on a, a campaign promise of peace with Russia. Zelensky was trying to get a peace deal with Russia. He was trying to focus on corruption in Ukraine. Um, he was trying to fix the problems inside Ukraine when the war began. Uh, he understands that if you push too far as a small country on Russia's border, particularly Ukraine, that the Russians are not going to let this go. They're going to make the pit bull with the bit between their teeth, and they're going to keep squeezing until they bleed you. And so we had an opportunity about six to eight months ago to end this thing in a negotiated settlement, and Zelensky was pressured by NATO not to do that and by some of his own people. And so he didn't because he's worried about being overthrown and killed. Uh, and now here we are where now the Russians are at that point of no return. They fully mobilized. This is like World War One. Once everybody mobilized, there was no off ramp. That's it. Russia's mobilized and they're going to grind them. They're going to ground them and pound them. And it, it, whether it takes six months or three years, this war is going to end in a Russian victory. And in the meanwhile, here we are trying to pile in more and more resources that we really don't have. And so the Russians now are saying, hey, look, America, you've been attacking us unconventionally during this conflict with your NATO partners, and now we're fully committed. There will be no deal. Ukraine is done. Accept it going away, whether we split the country in half with you or not. That government's over. And in the meanwhile, we're going to be hitting you now directly because of what you've been doing indirectly to us. And we're going to just return the favor uh, until some kind of end is, is in sight. For, that's a victory for them, mostly. And so, and I think the Biden team knows that. And I think that's why Blinken a couple of days ago was quoted as saying he has very great hesitancy about this Ukrainian plan to do an offensive into Crimea to try to push the Russians out of Crimea. Because Crimea historically is Russian. It is where they have one of two of their only warm water ports, Sevastopol. In fact, you could argue beginning in 2010, a large portion of this fight with Russia over Ukraine began when NATO started trying to get the Ukrainian government to not renew the lease for Sevastopol's a Navy base to Russia. And so this whole thing is geopolitical. And the Russians are going to fight any way they have to now because they're totally committed, whereas we have drained ourselves over the last year. And you talked about mobilizing if this is some kind of an attack. I don't know how we mobilize. We have less than 1% of our population under arms. It's an all-volunteer force. They're using old equipment. They're spread out all over the world, heavily reliant on you know uh, satellites and cyber, the very electromagnetic uh, EM spectrum, uh, the very systems that will be targeted and destroyed in the event of a great power war with either Russia and or China. Uh, and now you have at the moment that our supplies are at their lowest in, since probably the Second World War, um, you now have China coming in saying they are definitely, and they're going to do this, they're going to start pumping all of their heavy weapons into Russia. You've already got North Korea doing it. You've already got Iran doing it. Now you've got the mother of all Eurasian autocracies 
with their great manufacturing power because the Chinese realize there's a tipping point that's been reached and the Russians have now tipped the balance in their favor. And they have been watching this for decades. Happily. Yeah. And this might be they're they're seeing that they're seeing the two targets and they're they're going to thread the needle. Right. They're right. They're openly out for world domination. Why wouldn't they do this? Right. Why why wouldn't you? Russia's throwing it in. Yeah. Now they're they're right. Well, they're going to kill. They're going to. So they're going to kill us. Uh, by through drainage, mm-hmm. they're going to basically through depletion rather uh, via Russia. So Russia has now, and I don't even know if Putin realizes this. Maybe he doesn't. He just doesn't care anymore. Um, this whole "make Russia great again" thing of his—it's um, converted now into "make Russia a vassal state of China's new empire," because Putin is being used by Xi to deplete America in Europe, mm-hmm. and this is triangulation at its finest. Xi Jinping is not going to have to lift much of a finger to do anything. Uh, and he's going to get the two of us to duke it out. And then he'll be the last man standing. He'll be the king of the hill. The Russians will make a deal with him and then we'll be left out in the cold. And then Europe, you know, the Europeans, what's going to happen is basically, I, you know, Ukraine's going to lose this thing. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get crushed. And when they're done being crushed, NATO's going to split apart. Germany and France are are going to fall into the far right and far left's hold, those groups are actively Russophilic. They are pro-Russia, anti, not just NATO, but anti-American. And they're becoming more anti-American because of the lies we have told about this war, because of how we have manipulated Europe into direct conflict with Russia, a direct conflict that we can't afford and that they can't win. And so now what's going to happen is once Ukraine falls, and I think it will, Basically, NATO is going to separate into its component regions. You're going to have the Poles leading the very anti-Russian side. We're going to align very closely with them to keep them from falling. You'll have the Germans and French realigning with Russia or at least going into neutrality mode. You'll have Spain, Italy and Greece probably shifting to a more neutral mode. And then you'll have Turkey, by the way, which is already starting to build up for this. Turkey is going to suddenly go to war with Greece and they're going to start going to war with Egypt probably. And they may even start going after Israel for these natural gas rights in the Eastern Med. Uh, And so you're going to have a NATO member in a very important NATO member in Turkey after all said and done swinging into Russia's camp to some degree and going after fellow NATO members. So pretty much we're looking at the end of NATO. So if you're sitting in Moscow, you want to expedite this as long as as quickly as possible. And one of those things you might be doing is taking a playbook from the Americans, you know, taking a page out of the Americans playbook and going after American critical infrastructure, causing chaos here at home. Because let's face it, you look at the poll numbers, most Americans, we we so we empathize or sympathize with Ukraine, but we don't want to risk nuclear world war. Yeah. And that's where we're headed. That's where this thing is headed. Somebody's going to start popping off nukes soon, especially if the Crimean red line is crossed by Ukraine. This is the fourth episode I've done today about all of this, and I think it's having definitive effects on my heart rate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not wondering. I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? Like, it's like drinking moderation. It's like, yeah, infrastructure attacks and moderation. I there needs to be an episode about puppies somewhere, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and why wouldn't China do that? Right, because yeah. we, we've already we've already shown we've already shifted the Overton window that it's acceptable for us to do everything but pull the trigger. That's we right. give everything to Ukraine, but hey, we don't pull the trigger. Right. We'll do the targeting. We'll give you the. We'll do everything. Hey, Ukraine, I'm gonna pick up your hand and I'm gonna press right. that button on the high mark. You think we're not pulling the trigger? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, right. I think I think I think we've got. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure we have. But let's just say we haven't. Let's just whatever. That's the current accepted yeah. Overton window. It is now would be non hypocritical for China mm-hmm. to do everything but pull the trigger, right. and right. they have the manufacturing base that yep. we had in World War II. And right. we won, not because we had the best technology. Because we had latent the, industrial capacity. because we could, as Bill Burr said, we fucking happy mealed them. 99 mm-hmm. billion served. Our mm-hmm. tanks are shit, whatever. Throw mm-hmm. a thousand per German, yep. doesn't matter. You sink a Liberty ship, Chinese. here's a hundred more. You got right. a good plane, you got a jet, you got a Messerschmitt, mm-hmm. we'll throw a hundred P-51. Right. We, we got, we're making it rain. Yeah, that's China right. China can now do that. And the very thing that right. led to our current empire mm-hmm. is now playing out there mm-hmm. why yeah. wouldn't they do this and right. is there so as, so as this podcast isn't too cheery is there any off ramp from this because not only yeah. will nukes start popping off if we somehow become the cornered animal the great american monster if we become the cor- if we're dumb enough to escalate this shit, you don't think that right. we're also not going to take our ball right. home and say, hey, whatever. Hey, we got some thermonuclear bombs. To... Right. Is there any off-ramp? And what does that look? Does it does it look like a destroyed Ukraine? Does it, And is that best case there, scenario? There, so, like I said, six to eight months ago, I was screaming at people. And by the way, I've not really been invited back to my DOD talks Uh because of what I've been saying. Boy, so those right. those days are probably right. But my point is, I'm obviously saying something that's accurate here. Um, six to eight months ago, I was saying, if we don't get a deal now after defending Kiev and split the country in half and just call it a day, there's going to be no Ukraine because the Russians are not going to let this go. We wouldn't let this go if it was on our doorstep. And I'm not justifying what the Russians are doing because the Russians are behaving horribly. But but that's just the way they are. It's just, just the geopolitical reality. There is no offering. Yeah. The, 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 I, I keep telling people this because the, the, it's like people are now realizing, oh my God, we've gone so far into this thing. With It's just like Iraq, by the way, where 97% of the country said this is going to be a cakewalk. And then we get in there and it's like, oh my God, we now own it. We broke it and we now own it and we don't want to own it. And so, and and we're trying to get the UN to help, and they don't want to help. And we're trying to get all these other people to help. They don't want to help because they like you know, the Americans screwed the pooch. It's your mess. Own it. And so the same thing's happening here, where now we have gone in so quickly to Ukraine and climbed that escalation escalation ladder so rapidly. We're now at the top, and we're going. Oh my God, we can't get back down. So there is no off ramp here. What's going to happen is either we're going to keep matching Russia tit for tat. And we're going to keep going through what we're going through now. We're going to lose Ukraine. We're probably going to lose NATO. And on our way out, and you bring up this point, you're not the first person to say this to me. There's a there's an old timer buddy of mine uh, who has been saying, you know, you keep bringing up, he's in his 90s, you keep bringing up uh, uh, the nuclear option. He goes, the Russians aren't going to nuke anybody. They don't have to. They've got this thing in the bag with basic, you know, their basic military stuff. He goes, it's going to be us nuking yeah. Russia on the way out. A Parthian shot you got to worry about. And I think, I think Tom, if you're listening, uh, you know, you might, you might be onto something. I, I'm remiss to say it in my writing because I don't want to think that we would do that. Uh, especially when we don't have space-based missile defense. Um, but that might be where this is headed because, uh, you know, it 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 doesn't look good for America, in, at least in Europe. Not, not good at all. And, you know, you look at what's going on, you look at the infrastructure, you know, vulnerabilities to say the least. If it hasn't been attacked yet, 
Why wouldn't the Russians do this? They're PO'd at us. We've done a lot of damage to them uh, with very little, again, with very little pushback. The Russians have actually, when it comes to dealing with us, been relatively um, reserved in directly responding to our provocations. Um, I don't know why Putin would would keep that going. Uh, if he felt there was now, think of the judo. You know, he's a big judo player. He loves he loves judo. The whole point of judo is you have all these micron movements for you know the most of the fight, and then at the last second the opponent shifts or weakens, and then that's when you flip them and you pin them. And so you know, Putin right now we've been kind of in a game of judo with him, and now it's shifting and pivoting against us, and that's when he's going to flip us. And so why wouldn't he now be looking at doing another rehash of Colonial Pipeline, only on a larger scale? Why wouldn't we? And or it doesn't even have to be him. We know that Iran is now basically a proxy of, of Russia. We know they've got thousands of spies and terrorists operating all over this hemisphere. Maybe it's Iranian terrorists acting on behalf of Russia. I mean, it doesn't matter. The fact is the Eurasian access is growing stronger China, Russia, Iran, maybe North Korea too, and Venezuela. It's growing stronger, though, precisely because we keep pushing them together. Our policies are pushing these people together. Instead, we should be cleaving them away from each other. This is what Trump was doing, even if I, I don't know if this was an articulated strategy of Trump, but Trump was doing this when he went to peace with North Korea. Trump was doing this when he was using Saudi Arabia and Israel to contain Iran. Trump was doing this when he was saying, I want to be friends with Putin. You know, he's got killers. We've got killers. Yeah. Remember, he got in a lot of trouble. For, I yeah. like that he said yeah. that. Yeah, he goes, Russia I, kills a lot of journalists. He goes, we do a lot of killing of our own. We got a lot of killers, too. You, yeah. you, you know what? Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. we are. You, yeah, we, you well, know? Hey, hey, yeah. We, we kill journalists, powers. too. We we Michael That's Hastings a bitch. I get you. Right. You, you, you know, we 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 great power, great powers. I mean, this is listen, what we do. Well, we killers. do this. You use polonium. Right. We we hijack right. a car. Right. Listen, we all right. just want some oil. Not that I'm for not that I'm for killing no, journalists. But in but terms of avoiding what, thermonuclear yeah, holocaust. Yes. yes. And so with Trump, there was a degree of understanding. But with Biden, it's like he first of all, he's not in control. No, he's Biden's not, not the guy. He's not. He's not there. He's, it's not. Biden's, he's, a, he's, he's Chernenko. A, he's a. He's gonna, a placeholder. Yeah. Right. If we're gonna go with the American Chernobyl, you know, yeah. example, go back to Soviet history and let's look at the figurehead leader before Mikhail Gorbachev, and that was Chernenko, Konstantin Chernenko. And there's a lot of similarities between Biden and Chernenko. And Biden is our Chernenko, and we are a declining superpower under him, and it's going to end very badly for us, as badly as it did for Russia. Uh, in the 90s. This is what we're... And, you know, honestly, it's very interesting. Putin has been talking about this for 10 years. Putin has been saying, I lived through the end of the Soviet Union. Ha ha, Americans, it's going to be you next because I see the same things in your system that I saw in the falling USSR. And you're not doing any differently at the end than what we were doing. So get ready. Um, and you look at what's going on with these attacks on the US dollar. Uh, you look at the BRICS nations getting together. Egypt is now joining Turkey, Saudi Arabia, China, South Africa, uh, Iran. You, there's an alternative currency set being created now. All of the pieces are slowly being put into effect, into place, that over time is going to murder the American hyperpower. And we are so 
blind and dumb and short-term thinking that we don't even see the the, the the pieces moving right in front. The path is being laid to our destruction before us. And our so-called leaders are happily taking that path and beating their chests and virtue signaling along the way. And it's going to end very badly for this country very, very soon. Yeah, they are building the path off the cliff and we are just dyeing our hair blue, chopping our genitals off and saying, yes, right. yes queen. Right. Yeah, it's and, and expect more of these East Palestine events. Oh, yeah, this is this is the beginning of a long wave. OK, so we then have to look at if this is so every action being every action taken is hurting us. You then have to wonder, is the very leadership of this country complicit with the other countries and going, yeah, we'll make us look as bad as you want. We'll start wars. We'll do this. We'll do that. We will drive everyone together on another side. Is that too absurd? Because you, you can't take us on militarily just in a hot war. Kinetically, not now at right. least, maybe 20 years, but you can't right now. The, it, the, we're still a beast. How else would you take down this country? Is you would have someone come in and do that. I don't think that's that's that absurd. It's not absurd when you look at the money flows into the Biden syndicate, when you look at who's funded Biden and you look at and then you look at the people around Biden and their connections, the World Economic Forum and all these groups. And you look at the ideological overlap. And, you know, Peter Schweitzer's done a real great job of, of highlighting the financial flows of, of these foreign countries and in support into the Biden crime family. Um, it, they actually, in many respects, they make the Clintons look tame. Um, because you can't help but wonder if Biden really is a Manchurian candidate. You can't help but wonder that. Remember, they said this about Trump, yeah. and it was so absurd. Because well, so he had a Miss America's pageant in 2013, and he liked maybe Russian girls. Okay, that's 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 Trump, but that doesn't mean that he was a Russian spy. Meanwhile, you have Hunter Biden as the the, the cutout. You have Hunter Biden and Biden's brother, uh, Hunter's uncle. Uh, going around the world hat in hand, collecting tens of thousands of dollars every day from foreign countries, direct payments for what? For being energy consultants, for being environmental consultants. What the hell do these guys know about any of this? This is all about generating influence. This is all influence peddling. Um, you know, I, I mentioned this in my 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 op-ed at the Asia Times. It was it was a parenthetical toward the end when I was walking through the reader you know, how overcommitted we are to Ukraine. And I, I said, some, I don't remember exactly now what I said, but it was something to the effect of, it makes you wonder if that's really what Ukraine's payments to Hunter Biden were really about. Was that basically they were banking that at some point Biden was going to run and he was going to win by hook or by crook. <laughs> um, and once in power, uh, they will have basically bought and paid for him. And you look at how generous we've been to Ukraine. I mean, this is nuts what we've done for you. We've done for Ukraine in a year what we did for Afghanistan over 20 years. We know how that ended. Um, you know, we have done, uh, you know, for China, who is another major benefactor for Biden, both in government and when he was out of government over the last you know few years, uh, we have done for China so many favors. Uh, it's, it, it's really incredible to think, to not wonder at least that maybe just maybe this guy is more than just an incompetent buffoon 
maybe there's something more. Maybe there's something really malicious going on. And you look at how he's refusing to give aid to the people of East Palestine, Ohio. Well, why do you think that is? It's because they're all MAGA supporters. That's why. So now he's and going after his domestic farms. political enemies. Yeah, the farms right. are 99% family owned. Right, right. And so you look at all of these things, you look at his targets, and you go, there's something malicious going on. You can't help but to wonder. You can't. At a certain point, it becomes a conspiracy. You have to be a conspiracy theorist to not be a conspiracy That's theorist. right. Eventually, you have to That's be right. so... I love conspiracies. I'll never not love them. But then you look at the people that are like, you know, Hillary Clinton's a reptile and she lives on the, <laughs> on the other half of the flat earth. And you go, you've, you're not in reality anymore. Right. At, all jokes aside, at a certain point, you got to go, bro, what, it's mathematically impossible. It's getting mathematically impossible. Right. How else would you well, do it? Well, when you live in that environment, you know, I work there. When you When you live in that environment, and in, in the case of Hillary, but also in the case of most of these elected leaders and their top advisors, they really do believe they're the chosen. Yeah. They really do believe they're a cut above. And so that and that ego feeds into itself over the course of a career. Mm -hmm. And then it creates this mentality that you are different and that you have to be reptilian in your thinking when you're dealing with these larger than life issues, because that's what you're paid to do. You have to be cold and calculating. And to you're some a, degree you do, you're a God. to some degree you do, but the way that they do it is so ridiculous and it is so misguided. If I'm being generous, it's so misguided because they put other countries first. They don't put our country first. And that's the part that has always gotten my goat. That's why I supported Trump. You know, you, you mentioned at the beginning of this thing, uh, you know, about how we might have to batten down the hashes, hatches and, and, you know, mobilize. I don't think we can mobilize. I think actually we've been fully mobilized with Ukraine and it's not enough because we're so our industrial base is so gutted after 50 years of deindustrialization and globalization that we cannot sustain this thing. And I think secondly, Trump was the only guy who was talking. I've been critical of Trump lately. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a Floridian, so my default is for my governor. Um, but, you know, go, looking back at Trump in 2016 in particular, Trump was the guy basically saying, this country is the Starship Enterprise going into battle. You got to raise the shields before you take on the Klingons. And, you know, part of this whole thing is raising the shields means protectionism. Raising the shields means don't overcommit to every tiny country out there. Don't sap your strength in these brush wars like we've been doing. Conserve a little bit. Bring it home a little bit. Deglobalize a little bit. You know, mix it up. Bring bring things back where you can, back to the United States to reinvigorate the American domestic scene. That's the engine of your national security is the American domestic scene. And he was the only politician who was talking like that. You know, Wall Street Journal still talking about telling Americans not to eat breakfast anymore to save money. I mean, this, you know, we're living in, in it's, fantasy it's, land. No, it's Soviet in nature. It's Soviet is what it is. You're right. The United Socialist States of America. That's what this is. And, you know, I would argue the Soviet Union in many respects was probably more efficient than uh, our, our version of it here. Um, and I become very down on, you know, eight months ago, I would have, I would have been very skeptical of many things, but I have been actively lied to by people I know, um, in government and that's their job and I should have known better. Um, but people that I thought would have not done that 
to me, especially because I wasn't trying to burn them. I'm not a reporter. I'm, I'm an analyst and I, I write op-eds. I don't write reports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've really become really shocked. It's like we, we're, we're amplifying the worst mistakes of the Middle East wars. And we're now applying it to the conflict with Russia, which has the largest nuclear weapons stockpile, has a leader who increasingly has little left to lose. And we are ignoring the big threat of China. And we're letting North Korea, I don't know if you saw a couple of days ago, North Korea now has an ICBM that can reach anywhere in the world. Yeah, I just They've had, already... had on Ted Postal earlier today. Yeah, okay. Okay, so then you know. And Iran, Iran is running amok right now. Yeah. They have forces near Panama Canal. They have been moving uh, sh- these small ships across the Atlantic for the last several weeks into Venezuela. They're trying to get them where they can start harassing shipping in the Panama Canal, maybe even blow up those locks to prevent us from being able to use it. What the hell are we doing? What are we doing? It's not incompetence. That's you start to say it's not incompetence. The yes. failures are so consistent and precise yeah. and surgical that it is very competent. But competence, yeah. nuclear energy. Are you competent if you make a civilian reactor or if you right. level Hiroshima? Both competence. I never said which mm-hmm. one's good and which one's bad. Right. Competence nonetheless. This isn't incompetent. This is very competent. Yeah. At what point does something happen? At what point in this country do we see a military coup? Do we see some just true red-blooded? I can tell you. Say, let me it. let me tell you something about that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the woke military, and it's become a problem. And the Democrats have been very good about putting their people in the ranks. But I was at an event two years ago. Yeah, two years ago in D.C. I gave a lecture, then we did a luncheon afterward. It was all off the record. And and at the luncheon, I was seated with four, at the time, brigadier generals. One was a two-star general. A lot of them were National Guard guys. So it's a little bit different culturally than the sure. regular military. And the, the two-star at the table brought up the rumor that Kamala Harris was going to implement on behalf of Biden uh, an executive order banning the ownership of guns. And... Of course, I wasn't there to talk about that. And the guy that organizes those events begs me, please don't talk politics. You're going to kill my business. So out of, I, I love the guy. So I, I, I Just... respectfully never engage in that. The argument that erupted at that table, I thought that fists were going to start flying because two of the generals there looked at the two star and they said, if that order goes through, uh, we will be taking up arms to stop that order from going through. And the whole room quieted down real fast because you're talking about 60 general flag officers in a room talking off the record and that happens and two of those generals say we will not only not implement but if that order comes through our command we will be telling our troops we will not we will be doing the opposite of that order so that was two years ago and actually that was that would have been winter of 20. That actually would have been, I remember this, that was December of 2020. So that was before January 6th. That was before all the the talk about right-wing revolution and all that. Okay. So we have elements and there's left-wing elements that are radical. We have right-wing elements that are, that are radicalizing in the military. So your question is actually, again, very apt. Six months ago, I would have said, I don't know. 
But there's this new story out that Biden is again talking about implementing an executive order to restrict gun ownership in the United States. And I can I think back to those generals. I think back to them. What might happen in the military if that order goes through? Because you still have men and women in uniform at very high levels who general, genuinely believe in the Constitution and who do believe that, hey, you can't do this without the law. I mean, this what, what the one general was saying after the argument started was he was like, I'm just saying if Congress doesn't pass a law to change the Constitution, then we can't implement it. It's not a legal order then. Sure. And that's sort of where that conversation ultimately, that's why it got more tame. Mm. But initially, but but it was a very visceral reaction. Sure. So you, you kind of go, you know, where does this lead? And meanwhile, we're picking fights with all these countries. And these countries are laughing at us because, as you said, we've got the transgendered brigade, you know, running the show. I mean, China is loving this. We look like clowns. And you look at the balloon. Uh, you know, you look at this Chinese, this whole thing with the Chinese balloon uh, real quick, by the way, it was uh, more than a balloon. Uh, that is the balloon was shot down over the Atlantic. That was what the Air Force likes to refer to as an endo atmospheric satellite. Uh, China has been using those systems for about a decade in the South China and East China seas to monitor for cheap re in real time U.S. Navy warships as they transit. Then they feed that telemetry into their A2AD targeting their A2AD systems on those man-made islands, which could conceivably sink any U.S. naval ship that gets near. So if a war were to break out, those balloons, they've got a fleet of them at all times over the South China Sea. Those balloons are very good for augmenting. Uh, signals and geospatial intelligence. So they sent one over here. Um, that was a balloon, but what was shot down in Alaska, what was shot down over Lake Huron, those are not balloons. That is a cover story. That is 100% a lie. Okay, a balloon is not, a regular military balloon is not going to jam the targeting sensors on an F-22. fighters, yeah. And that was okay. the report from the Yukon one. Yeah, yes. That's exactly what happened. Now they're covering it up. What happened the same day that the actual balloon passed into U.S. airspace on January 28th? Uh, Japanese scientists were doing a study, a volcanic study in Hawaii. They're filming at night, and these green matrix-like lasers start oh, yeah, scanning. Yeah, yeah. Well, NASA tried to cover it up saying it was one of theirs. Um, I've been writing at the Asia Times about these. I've been writing about the Asia at the Asia Times about this specific satellite constellation that the Chinese have been using. They're saying it's a it's an oceanographic and topographical uh, scientific mission. It is not. Okay, those lasers are powerful enough. And this is why Angelo Cotavia, before he passed, was so into my book and gave me a blurb because he he was aware of this program. And we were talking about this before he died. Um, the whole thing was China's using these lasers. And David Goldman writes about this in his book. You will be assimilated as well. The Chinese are developing these high-powered lasers to use in space to scan the bottom of the Pacific Ocean to identify and track in real time U.S. nuclear submarines, knowing full well that if a war were to break out, likely it would not be U.S. aircraft carriers that are the tip of that spear. It would be U.S. nuclear submarines. And so January 28th begins these incursions, Once one with the satellite tracking possibly, I think, uh, U.S. nuclear subs coming out of Pearl, going into the Indo-Pacific. The second event coming in is this balloon, which is hovering ultimately over uh, Minuteman 3 nuclear missile silos in Montana. 
at 66,000 feet, they're not just looking at those Minuteman three missiles. They're also intercepting any of those data streams coming mm -hmm. to and from U.S. military satellites in orbit. A day later, or not a day later, but a few days later, you've got this interception in, uh, with Elmendorf uh, in Alaska, in northern Alaska, with what Kirby himself, the White House military spokesman, said, or the NSC spokesman, Car admitted sized. it was a car-sized, high-altitude object. He made a point of saying it was not just a balloon. Now, suddenly, they're changing their story. Uh, then you've got the lake. Then, then you've got the next day, another event in Montana where the FAA closes all airspace for six hours over Montana because something is hovering over Malmstrom. Okay, that's where we've got the Minutemen 3s again. Then the next day, you've got this F-16 event over Lake Huron where they shoot a, quote, octagonal-shaped flying aircraft. All of these things, they're not just balloons. Uh, these are unmanned, I think, high-tech, next-generation Chinese uh, vehicles, surveillance vehicles that could eventually be used in a first strike. Uh, we have no active defense, obviously, against these systems. The military now knows that. This is what I was telling the military in 2021 when they brought me out to one of these. Anyway, they, they brought me out west to talk about this, and it's off the record. But I, I, I told them it's not aliens. I said, it's not aliens that you're seeing. This is not little green men. We'd be so lucky. I said, this is China. They have leapfrogged us. They've got they've got better hypersonic tech. They, they're developing a lot of crazy new propulsion systems, uh, not just for space, but for possible use in air. Uh, and they're developing metamaterials. Shane Todd was murdered in Singapore because he tried to warn the U.S. intelligence services about what his company, which was owned by Huawei, was doing with metamaterials. OK, so what we're shooting down is more than a balloon. What we're shooting down is possibly, it could just be another endo-atmospheric satellite, what we shot down over the Atlantic. Or what I think it is, is probably some new exotic technology. And the Chinese are doing this for two reasons. They're, they're penetrating our airspace, A, to send a message. We've got your number, dude. The other thing they're saying is the Americans in December and January, their top generals, were on record as saying that the U.S. and China will be at war with each other by 2025. And I think the Chinese are scared shitless of that because they're not ready necessarily. And so they're looking at it and I think they're saying we got to just flood America with all of our high tech surveillance gear and find out, is this just posturing or are their nuclear forces raising readiness? Or make them think that we're more advanced than we really are. Oh, that's another option. Yes. But do not buy this line. And what's really shocking is Buck Sexton, um, the, the Hannity's of the right, all these guys are running with ha ha, Joe Biden shot down a Hobby Lobby balloon because it makes Biden look bad and I get it. But that is not the truth. What happened is the military is covering up the fact for Biden that China's leapfrogged us and they're going to keep leapfrogging us from here until the end of the decade. Peter Zion told Joe Rogan, oh, China's going to go away in a decade. Fat chance. We'd be so lucky. China's got our number. They're outpacing us in several key technological areas because they've been investing more in it for decades. And now the technology is maturing. And oh, by the way, our high tech sector and our academics and our NIH, if you're talking gain of function tests, have all been helping them to do it. OK, so this idea that that we're still number one militarily. Look at Afghanistan, look at Iraq, look at Libya, look at Ukraine. It's going to happen in Ukraine. Look at the skies over North America. We ain't number one in anything. We're just good at spending money that go into the back pockets of the lobbyists and the defense contractors who live in D.C. That's all we're good at and shifting it around for the World Economic Forum. 
country's falling apart. It's coming to an end real fast unless some major change happens. And I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know if we're ever going to have a legitimate election again. I don't know anymore. I hope we will. But I didn't have to do this episode. This was a this was a (laughs) this was a this is a this was a choice I made. And uh, (laughs) now I'm facing there is still hope. There is still hope there. You know, I believe in God. And so I I always believe there is still the light. You know, think of the end of the first. I just keep praying every day. (laughs) Well, think of the think of the I don't know if you ever saw it, but one of my favorite shows was the first season of True Detective. Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson, highly recommend it. At the end, Matthew McConaughey's character, who is this dark, cynical, pessimistic character, basically thinks humanity's evil because of all the crap he sees. But at the end, he be, you know he has this epiphany as he's recovering from his wounds, and they're looking at the sky. And Woody Harrelson's like, "There's a lot at the night sky. He says, There's a lot of darkness out there." And then McConaughey points to the stars and he says, "But you know what? There's also a lot of light, and it's coming through. And there's more light than there is dark if you really look at it." And so I fundamentally believe on some level that we're going to get it right. It's a question of when and how and how much we're going to bleed in the process. Yeah. And right now we're bleeding out a lot and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. But no, I all, all jokes aside, no, I, I do believe it can get better. I think we're seeing a, a natural restructuring. Yes. I think that, like you said, you know, put the shield up before we go in. That's no different than self-love. That's no different than. That's right. Hey, I'm helping out every friend and every person, and I'm taking every call. And he's right. like, yeah, my mom always says about doing this as I'm doing my fourth podcast today. She's always like, take care of Tommy. Are you going to right. bed early? Are you playing a little video games with your friends? Relax a little bit. And right. when you take care of yourself, then you can take care right. of others. I think that we're going right. to have that. And your first reaction might be, well, then, you know, how are we going to stay wrapped around the world? Well, the reality means it's like, well, that probably means the end of the American empire, but it doesn't mean the end of America. It doesn't mean that you're ceding an empire to anyone else. Right. It might be that this is the natural- It's a balance of power. This is the natural leveling of yeah. water where you go, there will probably be a Chinese empire. There will probably be an American Anglo-European empire. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, we don't we don't need to have bases on every fucking island right off every country. What we're doing right. is unsustainable. You can go unsustainable for a little bit. I can do 20 podcasts in a week. You can do right. it, but you can do it for a week when you know that you're taking two weeks after for Christmas right. break and you're going to go sleep in and drink. Right. You cannot go at a breakneck pace eternally. And we've been doing it for seven decades. We've been policing the world, mm-hmm. whatever. It's probably it's not the end of the world to fall back, take right. care of yourself, take care of your immediate couple countries around you. Right. And we, you know, I say, I say this stuff and I don't, I don't mean to make my audience want to ha- take SSRIs, you know, after listening to me, the reason I'm, I say I'm this sweating. is because you got to know how deep the doo-doo is before you can dig yourself well, you have out. To diagnose and so that's yes. And your medical background, you know, that you got to diagnose the problem properly Get multiple opinions. That's why your show's good because you get other people saying different things. You, you get multiple opinions, but then you get a good idea of what the sickness is and how we cure it. And now maybe the medicine is going to be pretty nasty. It will be. Yeah. It will be. It might be orange and have a bad hair day, but maybe it's, you know, or maybe it's, maybe it's my governor, but part of the solution might be that, but we've got to get there and we're not going to get there if we're living in denial, Yeah, which we've been. Yeah, you got to examine it. How far is it spread? This sucks. It does, you know, it's 
is when your life's upside down, you're like, all right, what are all my outstanding bills? What are my lo- okay? You gotta do this. You gotta do that. You're right. gonna you're gonna default on that. You're probably yeah. Uh, you, you it's gonna be a fucky for a while. But right, if we do this, that, and the other thing in a year, you know, your your life's gonna be a lot better. But you can start now, right? It's the first yep. thing is addressing it and going, that's fucked. That's fucked. That's fucked. Whose fault is it? I don't care. It's here. Right. This isn't right. this isn't left. I don't. If 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 Kamala Harris is the one that gets us out of this, more power to her. Right. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I like Trump. You like Trump. We're both very open about that. I don't. But I, mean, I don't care who does it. Just, and it's not like pearl clutching to say, the alternative is World War Three. Right. Is the end. And not nobody's some, gonna win this. Nobody's not, gonna win that. And not some orange man bad. I mean, right. The actual like mobilization mm-hmm. of nuclear forces today, mm-hmm. February nineteenth, as we are funding weapons in Ukraine and yeah. doing uh, the you have, you have general whoever the fuck who heads up the NSA last summer going. We're doing offensive operations, cyber operations mm-hmm. to Russia from stations in Ukraine. It is coming to a yep. boiling point. This isn't World War One or World War Two. We're Best case, you have total war, which kills a tenth of a billion people. Best case, mm-hmm. this is the end. This is control alt delete. And just remember, think of the rule of entropy, right? And, and a system becomes too complex; it naturally starts to break down until it can find equilibrium into a simpler, less complex state that's more efficient. And that's what's going on here. That's what's going on here is the the breakdown of everything because our system's too complex. It's needlessly complex. And so by, by whether it's done, you know, had Trump, I think, been able to do what he wanted to do, I think it would have been a, a kind of soft landing. But because the establishment is so glommed on to their way or the highway, you know, here we are, whether we're talking foreign policy or domestic policy, we're having a hard landing now. But one way or the other, this plane's coming down, baby. And, you know, you better you better hope your seatbelt is on tight and that you're in a part of the plane that's going to survive. But we can still pull up. And it's going to be. We can still pull up. It's going to be an ugly landing. That's what twenty four is going to be about. It's going to be an ugly landing. He can still Mm -hmm. land. It's um. Yeah, I I I think most likely scenario. I think you're probably going to have a military coup in this country, and I'm not even cheering for that because far rights, any any. Any ideology that is so drunk on itself that it can't see right. the road is not good. So I'm not cheering that on saying, ha, take that, libtards. No. Re- realistically, you're going to have some motherfuckers that are tougher mm-hmm. than any of the Delta Force guys. I, well, I don't know if that's possible. But you're going to have some guys like that who are friends with those guys. And they're going to say the oath you took, the friends you've lost, the friends you've held as they bled out of wounds in their head, it is all going away what your dad did, what your grandpa, what your great, it's all going away. Nut up. And I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying realistically, if I had to put down whatever little money I have on a bet, that because they're not going to go quietly into the good night. And if they yeah. go, well, the elections are, they've successfully stolen the, these guys don't give a fuck. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. The, the Delta Force guys don't care about the lines right. of borders or signs that say do not enter. They put the silencers on and they go and kill them in their sleep. Right. And that's that's the thing, though, is is we are my big fear, even more so than China or whatever Russia may or may not be doing uh, with infrastructure. My big fear is domestically we are going to have the man riding in on the white horse. We're going to have our Caesar or Napoleon. And, it's happened all throughout Napoleon. history. 
Right. And that's that's it. I mean, that what maybe we go on for a while after that. Maybe we are materially stronger and wealthier, but the soul of the country is gone. Oh, yeah. No, there a military coup. Left. A military right. coup is that's right. a band aid. Constitution's gone, though. America right. as we know it, it's gone. That, right. Wait, what are the chances that those guys who all of a sudden are in power are going to put out free elections? It doesn't happen. Right. So right. Now, and, best case and scenario, so the soft landing is a That's the death of the American, whatever's left of the Republic. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's the fear is that this is where all this because it's destabilization. What we're living through is the age of destabilization and destabilization <coughs> leads to restabilization, but normally not in the way that it was before. There ain't no going back. And in fact, I told you, I think when we first the first podcast we did is that whatever life was like before 2020, December 2019, that's gone. COVID killed that. And everything else since then has been an escalation in building this new stability, which is not the world that I want to raise my two kids in. Um, you know, and it's it's very scary. And and it could very easily soon end in a strong man rule of either the left or right. It doesn't really matter. Someone's gonna bring you know. Right. And it's it's you know, it's it's damn scary. And for anyone that thinks, well, I don't want that, well, at a certain point, both left and right are going to take the strong man when when East Palestine seems quaint. Right. Right? Because well, it doesn't also, matter if you're a Democrat or Republican and your town's being gassed, right. you don't give right. a fuck. And you look at you look at what happened throughout 2020. You had first the race riots, which was which was the the beginnings of a racial civil war. And then you, you as the nice little cap on that, and so that was from the left. Then on the right, you had this MAGA, you know, January 6th thing, which was, you know, that was the nice little cap to that whole 2020 where you had the far left and far right doing their thing. And that was relatively muted compared to what they really could have done. And I think what some of them wanted to do, um, you know, that's a preview of where this thing is going. If we don't get ourselves under control, I wrote uh, in 2019 for, um, the Charlemagne Institute well, it was originally for America Greatest, but it was carried by the Charlemagne Institute. Um, it's not left versus right. It's up versus down. Mm-hmm. And and so if the left and the right can stop fighting and find those common ground, because there is actually a lot of common ground. And, like 95% and organize, common ground. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the, the, and, almost all right, of it. <laughs> right. And organize. Most of my friends are liberals. Uh, and and you're right. All of the, right. Yeah. Even after Trump, even after yeah, all of that, still it's like, like t- yeah, t- today, yeah. people I'm going to talk right. to later tonight. Right, <laughs> right. So it's like if we can get those people to organize and to, to come up with an understanding that these are the big points we agree on. This is what we're going to focus on. The 80 percent of the stuff we agree on. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to organize to take it back from these elites who have put us in this position. It's not the ordinary American who put us here. It's the supposedly smart people. They have put us in this position of self-destruction, and it's going to lead either to the collapse of our country or to the rise of a strongman. Either way, that's not something I want. So we got to organize the majority of the people left and right together, and we've got peacefully, peacefully, we've got to overthrow these elites who are destroying everything they touch here and abroad. Yeah, and... and You and I have... And now I sound like a radical. (laughs) No, you don't. No, you and I are the ones that are going, no, peacefully... There are a bunch of generals who are going, yeah, no, I'm going to do it any way I want to. Because you and I have to say peacefully because they can send men to come kick down our doors. The guys I interview are the people that you go send to kick down the doors of other armies. 
There's right. no one who watches the Watchmen. Right. Whoever is in control right. of these loyal fucking Delta Force CIA ground branch right. guys that will go do anything. Right. And they're oh, going to yeah. tell you this country is directly hey, look, under a threat. In 2016, in 2016, I, I, a friend of mine, uh, Marine Corps, served on, fought with Mattis at Fallujah. And he's still in the Marine Corps. And he looked at me right in the eye. We were talking about politics. And he was just going on about how he hated Hillary and how he hated Trump and basically hated all the politicians. And these guys were the scum of the earth. And I can't believe this is what I spent my career fighting for, serving this, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, who do you want? And he goes, I want Mad Dog. And I said, okay, he's not running. This, of course, is when Mattis was still kind of the knight in shining armor because you know now that that shine is really worn off because he's a globalist. Yeah. But at the time, we all thought that this was the guy. Well, he looked at me, he said, let me tell you something. I know at least 100 Marines that I fought with in Fallujah. Some of them are no longer in the Marine Corps. If Jim Mattis called them and said, we are marching like Caesar, crossing the Rubicon and taking D.C. by force, he said every last one of us would arm up and march with him, period. Yeah. So and for that's... Anyone, and for anyone that thinks that we're condoning it or not condoning it, hey, guess yeah, what? Right. It doesn't fucking matter. Because these are right. the guys that go do it in other countries. Because I'm just some asshole in Florida, and no. you know we're talking about people who are really connected here. But these are the people that will go do this in a foreign country. They'll do it in their own country. Right. If they're willing well, to especially do it if to they defend think... a homeland, they'll do right. it in especially a homeland. Right, if they think they're defending... I mean, that's the thing. If they think they're defending are... the Constitution. Right, they're going to be... Right, right. I mean, that's the thing is if most you, of them think they're doing the right thing. You go, you go and grab them 30 years ago and say, we're doing this. They're going to go, this guy's a power hungry general who wants to destroy right. the Republic. You do it now. You're going to have some guys going. It's about time we save the Republic. I mean, and, Tommy, in my lifetime, we've gone from Reagan to George H.W. <laughs> Bush to Bill Clinton to George W. Bush to Barack Obama, Donald Trump. OK, to Joe Biden. If you're in the military, I can't imagine you're looking at these this decline and saying this is anything other than decline. And I've got to do something as a servant of the Constitution to protect it. These are the guys. Or that, to, I mean, to to defend to defend the Constitution. Brandon and I are keyboard warrior warriors. <laughs> these other guys are not. Right. And I, I, right. I, Tabi, will you? No, no, you don't understand. Is it doesn't matter if I condone it or I don't condone it. These are people that don't ask right. for permission. You don't ask for permission right. to go assassinate someone in, in a plausibly denied territory. You just do it. If right. it's capable under the laws of physics and your stealth equipment works, you're going to do it. It was also illegal to invade Poland. Hitler didn't give a fuck. Whatever's going to happen well, is going to happen. And Tommy, look at what our intel, and I'm a little bit more familiar with some of our intel services. You look at what our what our intel services have done to us. Yeah. Okay? Look at what, the, and about, you know, I they tell- whacked Kennedy because they thought he was a threat to well, the Constitution. That is looking increasingly like that might be something to that. Yes. It's 100% so, what it is, but go on. But yes, but uh, the, you look at NSA, you look at Darkstar- and you look at the what they have done in Utah with the server farm and how they've been collating and collecting every single American's digital footprint since 2000 and or 2001, at least. And what are they doing with it? You know, well, they're sitting on it. Well, why aren't they just I mean, 99 percent of those people are not Al Qaeda. And the Patriot Act that and these these laws that were passed after 9-11 that allowed and encouraged NSA to do this were passed specifically to fight al-Qaeda and Islamist terrorists. Well, that's not what they're going after anymore. This is all just a big scoop and hold operation. 
And they're developing, I met the guy doing this, they're developing artificial intelligence algorithms to basically sift through all of the data sets that are housed in Darkstar, and they're going to figure out what every American has been thinking and saying electronically for the last 30 years to determine if they a threat, what kind of a threat, how do they threaten us? I mean, this, this is, that's what they're, so if you're in the military and you've sworn an oath to the constitution, there's going to be at least some people, not just on the lower end, but at the higher end who are going, I don't like this. I, I don't like this. This is, this is not right. Or you're Cause it have, isn't right. Or you're going to have some general sifting through that NSA shit and going, sure. Oh, these politicians are bought and paid for by, by a foreign power. God, I, I wish I'm, they would that. I wish they would do. It's not just, but the they won't do it. Until one of them goes, this is the right. end, and I've got three kids too, and my dad served on Okinawa. Right. They're going right. to go, fuck it. Right. And by the way, how do you think, by the way, how do you think, what do you think that whole thing with Trump-Russia was? That was, was FISA and and the NSA and our intel services being weaponized by a handful of political actors who worked for a jealous Obama who were weaponizing on their way out the door the, the system that they inherited from Bush to fight al-Qaeda. They're weaponizing that system system to fight political enemies at home it is a violation of our most basic basic beliefs i you know i never wanted to talk like this before but i i can't i can't hold back anymore on it because the things that i have seen about ukraine and the lies there and you look at the lies elsewhere you go my god do we need to fight al-qaeda do we need this stuff yes does it need to be weaponized and targeted against every single american god no this is power mania. This is this is bureaucratic excess. You know, there was a story in 2019. I know we got to wrap it up, but there was a story in 2019 or 2018 uh, where basically the NSA started going through all of the data they'd collected for 20, 30 years in these intercepts. And they decided to start not just targeting Al Qaeda, but they went after some major American citizens who were major drug kingpins. And they went and they looked at all of their previous cell phone and electronic you know, signals. And then they realized we got them dead to rights. Let's hand it off to the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. And so the DEA went after these guys. Well, the DEA was using stuff that was gleaned by NSA without a warrant. Mm hmm. Now, I don't like drug dealers. I think we should be killing drug dealers. I, you know, I'm a hardliner on drug dealing. I think it's disgusting. The, the, board, the, problem, the problem is, though, you're still an American citizen. And our founding fathers fought for a revolution in part that was designed to protect the rights of the accused because they were so tired of what the way the king was trampling on those rights. Our founders believed so fully in those rights that they thought that, hey, our system should even be willing to let guilty people go if it means saving one innocent person from being wrongfully accused. And so we now have this intelligence apparatus that was abused and they use it to go after drug dealers violating fourth amendment I mean, every day the fourth amendment is violated this is not acceptable i want to fight al-qaeda too i want to protect us from those bad guys too i also want to go after drug dealers a lot harsher than we do but we have to do it within the confines of the constitutional order because if we lose that constitutional order and we are and we have in some cases that is the end of our country and we stop being america we become just another country remember obama was ragging on American exceptionalism. Oh, who I think the British think they're exceptional and the Greeks think they're exceptional. No, damn it. What makes us exceptional is the Constitution. And we're trashing it. And that's a big threat. And it, by the way, when you do that, 
That is why we misbehave the way we do also on the world stage. Sometimes you got to misbehave to screw with the bad guys. But a lot of times you don't. And when we're talking about Ukraine, especially, this is insane. And so this is what's going on here. And we've got to fight it at home. We've got to stop it peacefully, peacefully. Yeah. And it's we're, we're, it's coming to it. You, we're, we're twisting the water bottle and we're hoping the top doesn't explode. And it will. Good luck. Right. I, it's I, 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 th- I think we're going to I think it's going to be a military coup and that's. It'll put a stop. It's to frightening. The, it's, it'll put a stop to the madness. But in they'll create other problems but in 30 years, we'll be we'll be paying the, the interest on that loan. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it, if and we it, make it. But who knows? I mean, <laughs> no, no, I mean, but really. They wanted to make George Washington t- king, and he refused. It's a special kind of a guy. Maybe you get another special one. kind of a guy. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, it is a very American thing. Maybe right? that's a very American reaction to George Washington. That's not a that's not a typical European no, or that's, Chinese. But or that's Russian what reaction. I mean is very, yeah. And there's it, still if, enough left. If it can happen once, maybe there is a yeah. military coup. Maybe they do reinstate elections. Now that. Sounds an awfully lot like I'm now warming up to the idea, and I think legally I have to say I'm not. Well, we're not. No, we're not. I, we're I, not I, yeah. No, no, we're not. All jokes aside, we're not. I, I think as pointed out earlier, it doesn't matter what I condone or don't condone. I'm wearing slippers in a bedroom in Portland, Maine. The Delta <laughs> Force guys are going to do whatever the fuck they want, regardless <laughs> if I cheer it on or if I say this is terrible, right. yes, queen. They don't give a fuck. So. Right. There is reason to be optimistic. If they won the Revolutionary War and then George Washington refused to be a king. Yeah. It, and we still have some good people. I mean, even of good people, even Trump, who I think is sometimes gonzo. Um, Trump's a dickhead, but I mean, you can yeah. still do. You can. There are you know, people yeah. who want to do yeah. good. And you know what? You're, you're teeing it up as much. You, you hate orange, man. You guys are throwing a softball at eight miles an hour down the, down. Oh, the, I know you're oh, going, yeah. God, I hope he doesn't hit this. He doesn't even have to run on, you know, policies. He can just go, Hey, uh, less money to Ukraine. We're going to close the border and have it right. cle- and have clear skies. Well, you're, he, you're he teeing said, it up you for know, him. If you, the narrative is that he tried to overthrow the government in January 6th, I don't really think that's what happened, but I definitely don't think he did enough to try to prevent it. Sure. But I don't I don't think that he was some coup plotter. If you know Trump, he's not a he's not a plotter. Trump is sort of just a kinetic mover. He doesn't really like plan. That's his problem. He's, he's not a genius. Um, yeah, no, he's not. a. He's not no, a I mean, he's just he's 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 America's id. Um, yeah. But you know, he, yeah, he really yeah, is. yeah, he's 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 the flame manifesting right. off the fire of us right. all. He's an, he, but, as Tim Dillon said, he's an orange guy with three X wives <laughs> who lives in a right. golden palace and eats McDonald's on Air Force right. One. He's the most American person. To That's right. he's our mascot. That's right. Love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. But so the thing is, though, if you believe that this is the narrative that uh, he's the the evil guy who tried to overthrow our system, well, and he's crazy. Well, listen to this. Put his comments from a few weeks ago where he's talking about, I want peace. And then he's talking about, if I'm going to have war with the nuclear superpower, Mr. Biden, why didn't you deploy a space-based missile defense system first? That doesn't sound crazy. That doesn't sound, that sounds like a rational human being. And Biden's the one who sounds crazy. 
Biden's the one who sounds like he's out to lunch and off his meds, which I think he is. Maybe the military is all, maybe they've already begun a coup. I mean, but rationally, no, think about it. Let a balloon go across. Well, they didn't respond to Biden's order. That's another thing. Biden ordered the thing shot down pretty this early is, on well, in the this crisis. This what I'm talking about. They're just finding yeah. class. Are we not already watching a coup? Is it and just remember, very slow? It's it, not Kennedy. It wasn't just Biden. I did not know this until recently. So the reason that, that Babbitt was shot, people don't – I mean, I knew this part, and I think I said this to you before. Babbitt, my understanding was, if that's the part of the, the, the building where she was, that – doorway led to where v potus on january 6th was isolating and that's a very thin door that separates v potus from the crowd and if you remember the gunshot that killed ashley babbitt that day the cop it was capitol hill cop and he's pointing his gun and he's telling her do not come through the door i'm going to shoot you and she tried to come through the door and he shot now why did he shoot it wasn't just because the crowd was getting very within like 60 meters of or not meters but within like 60 inches of of um, uh, uh, Pence, it's because Pence had the nuclear football with him in that room. What we found, according to Bob Woodward and his reporting, if you believe it, what we found is that General Milley had the nuclear football removed from Trump's presence during January 6th, which meant that the only elected official with a active nuclear football that day was Pence. And Pence was going to be overrun, supposedly, which is why supposedly they shot and they shouldn't have done it. That was just an all around bad thing. But that was one of the reasons, because turns out Millie went behind everyone's back. Pelosi's on the phone screaming at him about this. You got to do this. Millie's having the, the military remove the football from the presence of the United States elected president Donald Trump, because he's not sure that Trump's not going to try to start a nuclear war with Iran or China or both. That's unconstitutional. That's that's illegal. That's that's a court at least court martialable offense. The vice president cannot launch a nuclear strike on his own unless the president has been removed or incapacitated. So what in the hell was Vpotus doing with the only nearby active nuclear football? That is also a quasi coup. So you might be onto something here. Yeah, I I think it's probably already begun. Why are why are they sending subpoenas to big tech to show collusion with with government? I think they've already begun the disgrace campaign. Yeah. Why? Because they can. That's that's power. It's because they fucking can. Yeah. And they don't want to lose their and status. So, and they're and worried. You, and and if, they're worried that they are. And if you're gonna shoot someone, and we now are allegedly knowing that's because they thought they were defending the only nuclear football extrapolate that are you defending the only active constitution yeah yeah it doesn't get pretty from here <laughs> this is my fourth <laughs> podcast i kind of i kind of gl- kind of glided into it i was like kind of tired. you have to but, understand i'm a very intense guy no i know you <laughs> are but i was just, I, no no I was absolutely no 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 but i was just sliding into this i did three coming into this me and brand we're just gonna shoot this shit he's been on here before they're always easier when we've already done it before it's like a it's like a third date it's fine coming in here <laughs> hour and a half later my face is all red my heart's beating and we're pounding on the table about the military coup is happening <laughs> <sighs> 
Guys, if you like this podcast, go buy Brandon's books. This has all been Welcome a pitch. to Weikert's World. Welcome to Weikert's World. This is Weikert's <laughs> World. This, this is all a pitch for your books. <laughs> Jesus. God almighty. May you live in interesting times. Fuck that saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good That's Lord. That's where we are. Well, until there that, are decades. There, what is it? There are there, there are, are decades. decades where nothing happens. There are weeks where decades happen. Yes, yes. Lenin. I, I find when I start quoting Lenin, that's when probably that's we should when you're in the bet. That's when you ate in the bet. So, you, you remember remember what Lenin said, and you go, "Oh, what am I doing? What am I doing?" Yeah. Or as Mao said, "The it's always darkest before it's black." Oh my God. <laughs> that's apocryphal, though. McCain used to quote that. I heard him quote it once. Oh my God! It's darkest before it's black. <laughs> That's going to be Trump's 2024 slogan, though. It's darkest before the. He dawn. won't. He won't do it because he won't do it because it was McCain's little quip. So you know he won't. No, I don't like McCain. I like people it's who were captured. He'll say it's the darkest before it's the Donald or something. Right. That's what he'll say. <laughs> He's going to go for. I mean, talk about going for broke. We have our own. We not Putin. We have our own. What, what's Trump? Eighty. Yeah, what's he give a fuck? He's pretty spry for an old guy, though. He is, not though. Like he's, he's not looking half bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for like a guy it. who eats the way he does and lives the way he does, I mean, yeah, money, money can buy some <laughs> money stuff. Money can buy a lot. Money can't buy everything. <laughs> it can buy a lot. That guy, you know, look, I was, he's looking I was once thinner. Told, hair's looking wavier. <laughs> yeah, I was once told that that money can't buy happiness. Money is happiness. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need to purchase it. You have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know what? Nothing would be more poetic if the guy that came in and saved the country was the guy that eats Big Macs on Air Force One. That's the side uh, of Trump I like. That's the side of Trump. I you see the, the, the parts of Trump I liked were the parts that everybody hated. The part that I that annoys me about Trump is when he starts trying to be like Mister. You know, you know, my I'm going to be a deal maker with the. I mean, part of that you have to do, but it's like you're in total war here, man. You're in total war here. You gotta. You, if you're not gonna go balls to wall, then get out of the way. Yeah. You know. And, and by the way, there are Democrats you can do deals with, and I do think that sure. some like Matt Matt Gates and these guys were doing deals with Ro Khanna on some of the stuff. I think they're right to do that um, on certain issues. Again, that's that up versus down rather than left versus right thing. Um, but you know, Trump, 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 biggest issue was personnel. And actually, he tried to be too much of a nice guy, um, and he was too two-dimensional in his understanding of how freaking corrupt our government is. He came in, and he thought, this is, this is like a big corporate takeover. I'm going to keep yeah. the middle management, yeah. you know, and, and they're just going to report to me. You can't do that, Trump. You got it. You got to behead everybody. Leave one standing so that the others can see this is what we do. There would be nothing more poetic. If, I can't imagine why they didn't want me on the transition team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I did, they initially did, and I then did I never these, got a call. I did back. these episodes and go, I wonder why I am banned from YouTube. But like, <laughs> there would be su- succeed or fail. There would be nothing more poetic than if the guy that came in on a white horse had a fake tan, lived in a yep. gold palace, and slept eat, supposedly with porn stars, and then got McDonald's the porn stars to pay him. Yeah, yeah. Eats <laughs> eats McDonald's and fucking starts shit on Twitter. There is nothing more poetic than that. That is our. That is the 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 knight in shining armor is coming in on like a gold plated plane that says Trump on this. It, this is us. Love it or hate it. 
Yeah. We're, we're going down with it. It's gonna the oil painting of him is gonna be him on a horse with a Big Mac. Well, like, have you seen his painting at Mar-a-Lago of him in the uh, the what is it the um, the squash outfit? It is to die for. It is it's just so Trump. It's sense. like he's trying to be an East Coast elite, but it's still Trump, and he's not an East Coast. Oh no, elite. I have seen that. No, I have seen that. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be hanging in the rotunda. Yeah, probably. <sighs> yeah. You know, I gotta, I gotta get a good night's sleep. I gotta. Yeah. What am I doing? I got, well, an, I got another episode tomorrow morning with, with General Spalding. I've had him on once. Really? Before. You got, you got Spalding on. He came on. Big once, fan of his. Yeah, he General Big Robert Spalding. He came on summer 2020 when mm-hmm. I had like 100 subscribers mm-hmm. and I never knew mm-hmm. why. And then he never responded to like any of my emails. And now all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'll do it again. And I'm like, all right, cool. Good. I got him tomorrow. Good. Isn't he with Hillsdale? Isn't he with Hillsdale? I think I thought he's with Hillsdale. I don't know. He was. Uh, He's with the Hudson Institute, and then he left. Hudson, it's Hudson. You're right. It's Hudson. I think yeah, he yeah, left yeah. there, and he started his own like EMP hard, yeah. hardening yeah. Comp- semper, and uh, he just he just had his other book come out, War Without Rules, which yep. is kind of extenuation yep, 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 yep. of stealth war. He's coming yep. on tomorrow, eleven. Uh, I'm Good. gonna be so I'm Good. gonna be so burned out from this stuff. He's gonna be like, "Do you not care?" I'm gonna be like, "My my bars." Spalding Spalding got annoyed with me on Twitter because he thinks I'm being too pessimistic. So you're going to be dealing with an optimist compared to me tomorrow. So just keep that in mind. You can go back and find the first time I interviewed him. I, th- I think it was episode like 161. Yeah. Dude, he stared through my soul. He yeah. just came on and just looked. And my instantly was like this. <laughs> he was a yeah. B2 spirit pilot. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is this guy's the right stuff. He's a highly torqued individual. He's a, <laughs> He's the kind of guy that... Good luck taking away the country from those guys. Yeah, that's right. Godspeed. And that's why I still have hope. That's, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you have those guys who, whether you like it or not, it's like when dad yeah. comes home and is like, all right, the yeah. shit ends now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Good good luck telling him, no, it's mm-hmm. not. The shit has mm-hmm. now ended. It is that's done. Right. It is crossed, pinned, right. done. Right. But, uh, Ben, let's wrap this one up. Uh, all right, man. Obviously, we'll do another one once my uh, heart rate lowers. Um, yeah, I might have to get like a doctor's note. Like, you can interview. We'll Brandon. have to talk biohacked because yeah. I think you're going to. Oh, do yeah. It. No, absolutely. I did, did I ever send you the because I, I the, obviously it hasn't been printed yet. Have I, Did I ever send you the PDF of the book? Not biohacked. I, I know you, I you, sent you. You and I did I'll, an episode shoot, on Shadow War. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it. I think you're going to get because with your medical background, you might get a kick. Please out do. Of it. No, send me. I noticed it in your yeah. Twitter banner uh, yesterday, the day before. Please send it to me. I'd love it. I'll I will. It. All right, man. All right, brother. Guys, thank you so much. Guys, go. go Have a good go, night. Thank you, too. Go grab his book. It's in the description. Go follow him on Twitter. His website's in the description. All that good stuff is there. Uh, yeah, Brennan, until next time. Thank you so much, man. Take See care, you. everybody. God bless. Recording Stay safe stopped. out there. Peace.